2 Corinthians chapter 6. And whenever you find the place, just leave uh, your Bible open there. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And leave your Bible open there, please. I want to talk to you tonight about something that you and I have never seen. And yet we watch it. Something that we use, we abuse, we lose, and we can never regain. Sometimes we can be honest. Sometimes we can be behind it. Sometimes we can be in it. Very seldom are we ahead of it. No matter how much of it, we always seem to want more of it. We can neither start it, neither can we stop it. And I want to close this meeting tonight by talking to you about time. Time in the Bible is mentioned many, many times. It talks about in the book of Ecclesiastes that there's a time to plant and there's a time to pluck. It says in what Solomon said, there's a time to weep and there's a time to laugh, there's a time to mourn. And there's a time to dance. There's a time to give. And there's a time to get. And the most solemn one out of them all was Solomon whenever he said there's a time to be born. And there's a time to die. I want to tell you, dear friends, tonight three things from the Word of God about time. And first of all, I want you to get this into your mind that time is set. There's a set time. Job, that man of God who knew all about the trials and all about the storms, he said, there is a set time to man upon the earth. And you know, dear friends, tonight this little span of life that God has given to you all your days are numbered, every one of them. Before your mother ever brought you into this world, before your parents ever held you in their tender hands, God had set a number of days for you to fulfill on planet earth. It was Moses that said, teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. No matter how healthy you are, no matter how many doctors you have, no matter what sort of a diet you may eat, Let me tell you, whenever you come to that set time in God's calendar for you to leave the land of the living, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter what you pray, when God calls, you go. And you know, dear men and women tonight, if you're not saved, I want to really drum into your heart tonight something of the the majesty and the power of God. Because no man has power over his spirit in the day of his death. You see, life in the Bible is described as a step. Whenever you got out of your car tonight to come into this meeting, you never thought about how many steps you were going to take. You didn't have to look down and say, I'll take one step here and another step there. It just came so naturally. And you know, dear men and women, whenever you come to the final step of life, it'll come so swiftly that you'll not even realize it has come. The Bible says that life is not only like a step, but talks about it being a steam. 
Whenever you see the steam that rises from the kettle, my, it's there one moment and the next it's gone. And that's like life. You see, every gospel preacher has to really bring before his congregation something of the brevity of life, the certainty of death, and the severity of eternity. Just a step, just a steam. David said, my life is a story or a tale that is told. You tell a little story to your child at bedtime, my, maybe one or two minutes, and they're asleep, and the story comes to an end. And your story of your life, whether you're old or whether you're young, whether you're rich or whether you're poor, your story, dear men and women, in this meeting tonight, God has a conclusion. God has his last full stop already penned out for your life. Life is like a step. It's like a steam. The Bible says it's like a shadow. And as you look out there this evening and the shadows seem to be lengthening and as soon the sun will be gone and it'll go from afternoon and evening into dusk and then the night will come and so it will be with every single one of your lives here today gone forever. Job could say the place that knows you now will soon know you no more forever. Life is like a step. It's like a steam. It's like a story. It's like a little shoot. Because Isaiah said that a man's life is like grass. And his glory is like the flower of the grass. And the grass withereth. And the flower thereof falleth. I was out cutting the grass yesterday and those little shoots of grass that came up yesterday morning in a few hours' time when I got out with my lawnmower, they were mowed down. And you know, dear young people, in this meeting tonight, you could be mowed down in the flower of your days. Life is like a step. It's like a shuttle. Job could say that my life is swifter than a weaver's shuttle. Back and forward and then it's gone. And I want to encourage you tonight that dear men and women always remember this. The Bible says, boast not thyself of tomorrow. For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. It was Isaac whenever he came to his old age. He said, I know not the day of my death. If you were going to die tonight at nine o'clock, would you have lived today any differently? You see, dear men and women, tonight there's a set time. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. But not only is there a set time, I want to say very quickly, secondly, you've only got a short time. A short time. Paul, whenever he was writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, he just summed it up. And if I could get a banner tonight, I would love to have got it for this meeting with the simple words upon it. Time is short. And if you're in this meeting tonight and you're not saved with the burden of guilt and sin and shame and you're going out to an impending judgment there to face the unreserved wrath of God, they're going out to face all the consequences of your sin. Dear young people in the meeting tonight, you've got a short time to prepare to meet God. Very short. 
Whenever you look at the world tonight and you see all that's happening, whenever you look over at Israel and over at Russia and you see the nations and wars and rumors of wars, famines and pestilence, you can see tonight that in God's prophetical calendar, time is short. The coming of the Lord, it draws nigh. Whenever you look at the wickedness of our nation, whenever you see little babies that are being butchered in the womb, whenever you see sin that used to be whispered in the corner, now shouted from the rooftop, and our nation and men and women gloating and defying God, let me tell you that judgment is coming very near. But for the individual, you that are not saved tonight, whether you're a young girl, whether you're a young boy, whether you're an older man or older woman, dear friend, let me tell you this tonight, the most awesome day, the most fearful event in all of your life will be to stand before God with all of your sins. You see, we've lost something of the holiness of God. I'm not here tonight to bring to you one that is made up by man's imagination. I'm not bringing to you tonight a God that has been concocted by some man that had nothing to do. I'm bringing to you the God of all eternity, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the unchangeable one, the all-knowing one, the all-seeing one, the one who will ever be and will always continue, the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, who knows your down-sittings and your uprisings, every word, every thought, every deed, every step, every action, God has recorded it. And it was then that Moses said, be sure your sin will find you out. And dear men and women, let me tell you tonight, the most awesome thing, the most terrible thing, the most fearful thing will be to stand before God unprepared. And if I was to ask you a question tonight, and it was the very question that Stephen's granda asked him, are you saved tonight? Can you go back to a day in your life when you got that, that, that account of sin settled? Can you go back to a day in your life when you realized that the Lord Jesus died for you and you put your trust in him and came from darkness unto light and from defeat unto victory, from the power of Satan into the kingdom of God's dear son? Let me tell you, dear men and women tonight, if you don't know that you're saved, let me tell you you're not saved. Whenever I was in the port of the down road and ran out through that hedge and a 40-foot lorry hit me, I knew it. I knew it. Whenever God of heaven, the creator of heaven and earth, comes into a man or woman's life, you will know it. You'll be changed. You'll never be the same again. You'll know what it is to have victory over sin. You'll know what it is to live in a higher plane. You'll know what it is to come and hear the voice of God where he lifts you out of the mire and out of the clay. He takes his shackles from your hands and your feet and he liberates you and sets you free. And that's why I sang that and we sang it together before I got up. Oh, victory in Jesus. I'm so glad that I'm saved. I'm so glad that while I was an enemy of God, while I hated him and while I was in defiance against him, I'm so glad that in love and mercy and grace he sent the darling of his bosom, the Son of God, to die in an old rugged cross for me. On the third day he rose again and on the 22nd of February, I down in my bedside in Cookstown, I repented of my sin and asked this blessed man into my life and I've never been the same again. Hallelujah. 
And whoever you are and whatever you are, whatever you've done, let me tell you, this man tonight is well able to see it. He's able to see it. But you've got a very short window to prepare to meet him. You've got a very short opportunity to come. And that's why the Bible says it is time to seek the Lord. Lord Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things shall be added on to you. It was Moses that prayed one of the most awesome prayers, and this is what he said, Oh, that they were wise, that they would understand this, that they would consider their latter end. And young woman tonight, whoever you are, you've got an end that is coming. It could come tonight. Moses went on to say, He said, for their steps shall slip in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand. What an awesome thing it is to live in Northern Ireland. Every tree almost has a text of scripture. Every town almost is an open air. Almost every home is a Bible. To hear the gospel, to know the remedy for sin, to know about a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, and neglect it and reject it and despise it, and maybe even to mock it, and then you die. And you take your last step. The movement of the shuttle has come for the last time. The shadow has lengthened. And down into the valley of the shadow of death you walk and you realize that you've missed the opportunity of salvation. The time that God gave you, you used it, you abused it, and you've lost it. And out into the place where time shall be no more. Oh, I want to tell you, dear men and women, tonight, if you're not saved, it doesn't matter how good you are. Did you know there's four nuns in the Bible? You maybe didn't think there was any nuns in the Bible, but there's four nuns in the Bible. You'll find them in Revelation, Romans chapter 3, for it says there's none righteous. No, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. They're all gone out of the way. They're together becoming profitable. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. And dear men and women, no matter how much you read, no matter how much you go to church, you could be baptized and sprinkled every day of the week. You could gather around the Lord's table. You could do your daily readings. Unless you are born again by the Spirit of God, unless the Lord Jesus Christ comes in as Lord and Savior of your life, and you have an awesome experience with him, whenever you die and you will die, you will lose your soul. Nicodemus knew the first five books of the Bible off by heart. Every word in Exodus, Genesis, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, he knew every one. And whenever he stood and gazed into the eyes of the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus just changed the whole conversation. He says, Nicodemus, marvel not. Don't be surprised when I tell you. You must be born again. Whenever you were born the first time, you had no past. You know, whenever a man or woman comes to the Lord Jesus and is plunged beneath that fountain of cleansing blood, you know what the Lord Jesus does with the past? He removes the past. To be born again, they get a new nature. They get a new name. They get a new father. They get a new home. They get a new song in your mouth. Even praise unto our God. And I'm glad tonight, those of us that are saved, we don't need to sing the world songs of the world. We can sing the songs of Zion tonight. Hallelujah. But what about you? The time is short. 
the time is set. And God has a set time and you could come to the last second of your life and you fulfilled your allotted quota, your allotment for time on earth and go out into eternity unprepared, unsaved, unborn again. And you could die and lose your soul. Go down into the chasms of a lost eternity. Yes, indeed, it's a, there's a set time and there's a short time. But finally, there's a time to be saved. There's a saving time. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2, it says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And if you're ever going to get saved, friends, you're going to have to come to the place where you're going to say, I'm going to get saved now. If you were in a building and it was burning, and the flames were coming up around you, and the fire brigade got a ladder up, and they were standing almost beside you, and the flames were almost going to burn you to death, and that fireman would say, young man, young woman, whoever you are, jump, but you need to jump now, what would you do? I know what you'd do. You would jump. If you were out in the ship, and the ship was sinking, and the lifeguard pulled up beside, and that boat was almost about to go down to the depths of the Atlantic, and that man on the, oh, the lifeboat would say, jump, but you need to jump now, what would you do? I know what you'd do, you jump. And yet, whenever you come to the things of God, you say, not now. Some other time. And that was the very words that old Felix used. He said, some more convenient season. The real rendering of that is some other time whenever it suits me. You'll never get another time that suits. But dear men and women, God has brought you into this meeting tonight by divine appointment and divine opportunity. And the word of God to your soul tonight is you need to get saved now. Now. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You remember Solomon again. Way back in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12 and verse 1, he says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. It was God himself gave that invitation in Isaiah chapter 1 and 18. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sin be as scarlet. They shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be like wool. Mother, if you're thinking of getting saved, you get saved now. Young person, if you're even thinking and contemplating tonight in this meeting that I need to get this matter sorted once and for all, you do it now as you sit on that very seat for you may, may never get the half seven. Do it now. Do it now. Take that step now, even as you sit in your seat and say, Lord, I'm coming now. This has gone on too long. I'm coming now, Lord. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. No matter if you're burdened or broken, no matter if you're bound by sin, if you come to him now, he will save you. He will save you. He will save you now. In Psalm 118, it says those lovely two words, save now. Dear young people tonight in this meeting, you have an opportunity to get saved now. Don't squander it. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. That word accepted really means it's the right time.
it's now the right time for you to get saved. It not only means it's the right time, it could mean it's the only time. Now just stop. What if God was to speak to you tonight for the last time? What if God was to say, I've brought you into the lifeboat tonight, and you didn't know that I was drawing you, but I've drawn you into this meeting. And that's not only the accepted time, it's the right time, but it could be the only time. And it could be the last time. See, God's timing is perfect. God is a mark on the calendar when the opportunity of salvation comes, but then the opportunity of salvation can go. And that's why the Bible says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And it was the Lord Jesus that said in Luke 11, when he gave the story of the parable, he says, Trouble me not, for the door is now shut. And there'll be those that'll come whenever the Lord Jesus comes to this old world. And there'll be those that'll gather and they'll knock at the door and say, Lord, open unto me. Lord, we were in the meetings. Lord, we preached in your name. Lord, we made a profession. Lord, open the door. Open the door, Lord. And he said, apart from me, the door is now shut. Shut. The opportunity that you had is gone. That night in the lifeboat came and gone. Those times when I spoke to your soul, they're gone. And the door is now shut. You remember whenever the Lord Jesus in Luke 16 told the story of the rich man that died and says that he was buried and in hell he lifted up his eyes in torment. And even as you've been sitting in that seat tonight, he's still there. And whenever he started to talk to Abraham, Abraham said, Son, remember that you in your lifetime had good things and Lazarus had evil things. But now... Now he is comforted, and now you are tormented. Oh, dear young people and older people tonight, if you're going to get saved, do it now. Do it now. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. It's the right time. It could be the only time. It could be the last time. I'm sure some of you have heard the radio during the week about the Oscars over in America. But I wonder, did you ever just realize that 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 event is named after an Irishman? He was born in Dublin and he went to the Batora Royal School in Inniskillen. His name was Oscar Wilde. And Oscar Wilde, he indulged himself in a life of sin he took as much drink as he could. He had a wife and two children. And on the side, he had an immoral relationship with a man. He said, the only thing that I cannot resist is temptation. He opened his life to all the pleasures of, the, of, of his heart. He satisfied and indulged himself in every sin that he could find his hands to do. But when Oscar Wilde came to die, you know what happened? He called for a Catholic priest and he dropped a bit of holy water in his head and he says, I am now ready to die. And let me tell you, dear friends, tonight, if all you're depending on is a drop of holy water, you will die without Christ and go to a lost eternity because it's not water that you need. 
It's the precious blood of the Lord Jesus that you need. Because there on the cross, the Lord Jesus suffered and died and he shed his precious blood that you might be saved. But there's two things you need to do. Whenever you come to God, that means that you come to him and you come away from your sin. You'll need to leave your sin behind. You'll need to say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. I don't want it anymore. And I'm coming to you. I'm leaving it. I'm doing a 180 degree turn. And I'm saying, Lord, will you come into my life? Will you save me? And will you set me free? Whenever you turn from darkness unto light. And believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt be saved. Behold. Now. Now is the accepted time. Behold. Now is the day. Of salvation. You know there was a young lady. In the meeting last Sunday night. And she came here. I think it was for the first time. God spoke to her in the meeting. And you know what she did? She came to the Savior last Sunday night. She turned from her sin. She turned to the Lord Jesus. She prayed a prayer so simple. It was, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. Will you come into my heart and will you save me? And you know the promise that the Savior gave Catherine was this. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But you may never get another chance to call. You may never get another chance to come. You come tonight. We'd love to help you tonight. And to be born again is the greatest joy and the greatest privilege that any man or woman can ever have. And I'm so glad tonight that the hand of mercy and love is outstretched to every one of you tonight. And the God of heaven would say, come, for all things are now ready. You get the matter of your soul's salvation sorted tonight. And while others are going out, you say, Stephen or Bertie, I want to have a wee word with you. And you get this real experience of God tonight and be saved and ready for home.